India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is Rohit Srivastav the founder of India Charts it's been a long gap since I did the last podcast but about time we had a pretty good closing for the month of August and in my April May long shot report had actually written about seasonal seasonal cycles that would actually push us through this period and get us to a positive end for August but that also meant that there was a possibility at that time that we would complete the cycle by August and start a corrective phase which is not exactly how I'm looking at the market right now and the reason being that it was not a one way streak all the way from the bottom that we made in late April into the month of August what ended up happening is that after that brief rally in late May into June we ended up with this very long consolidation all through June and July where the nifty did not break out beyond the uh, 16600 mark so it kept falling back trying to take support attempt another breakout again falling back and so on back and forth till we finally got the momentum in place and what happened in all of that is sentiment actually went from you know being slightly bullish to more bearish and probably an extreme because the put call ratio actually dropped on an average to the lowest reading that we've probably seen since 2016 and 2016 is when you got demonetization so that's how far down the pcr went and what ended up happening therefore and what drives the pcr down is when uh, you know option writers or people who are bearish on the market end up selling a lot of calls you can always argue the other way that a people end up buying a lot of calls but either way uh, that was the short trade even when the market rallied in me Uh, we had many weeks in which call selling was more prominent than call buying which means even through these uh, small rallies people didn't really think that the market would hold in fact even in august when you started to break out beyond 16600 initially we did not see the call sellers really go away you know and so that's been one of the cases where now uh, you're actually seeing a sort of short squeeze if i might call it from that front now of course if i look at the option spread in the recent data we don't really see heavy call selling in the uh, strikes above where the market is right now but that was not the case a couple of weeks ago so that's possibly gone the guys who were aggressively writing are not doing it anymore in fact today's data shows that the highest call option uh, open interest is now in the 18000 strike so way off which possibly means that option writers are seeing that as an easier trade Uh, which means that you are not going to gallop i mean you may head to 18000 but probably not cross it immediately and if it takes a long enough period of time for writers it's essentially a question of time value so when they are selling that much out of the money then they are possibly also managing risk uh, at that degree much better you know so that's that's what they are doing the delta is very low which means uh, the odds of you know going of the options going in the money are usually low or if they take a long enough period of time there's enough time value loss or time to manage that risk through delta hedging so that's as far as what the writers want to do but net net for me what it meant is that if the general street consensus is that you know the markets are going to fall or the bubble is going to pop then the markets done exactly the opposite of that although at a stock specific level we have had uh, sector rotation and i think that's been the strongest factor uh, driving this market higher without a deep correction because each time Uh, you get rotation which what what it, what that really means is that you know unlike 2004 where you had a 6 month rally and then you had a deep correction where all all stocks went through a pullback now what is happening is that pockets of the market end up going through a pullback even as the nifty is advancing so for example you take a large cap like reliance for almost one year 
it stopped participating in the market so it was not supporting all the rallies after august of last year that's 2020 so what was supporting the market after that other sectors for example bank nifty started its third wave after september and so bank nifty ended up being the greatest support to the market all through you know january and then you had the budget then you had another correction then you got strength in metals uh, then after that the mid caps did extremely well when the large caps went flat and then the mid caps went through a very steep correction in june and july you know and then suddenly when you would have thought well all this is done everything has moved including including mid caps now the market should crash you got rotation back into reliance industries along with bharti and the fmcg pack which a lot of people thought you know would underperform and it did for a while when the others were doing well and when the others stopped doing well all of these had already corrected and consolidated and were ready to move up again and so that kind of rotation is what has really helped the index uh, that is the nifty standalone do very well but when it comes to a very short term i think uh, in terms of the big picture we've already written uh, the august uh, long shot report uh, where you know the only doubt i had was on the dollar so i'll actually come back to the dollar a little later uh, but uh, what has happened since then is uh, you know you've got the dollar roll off you've got emerging markets breaking out a lot of asia and the nifty is uh, pretty much gone up vertically now when it does that what it's done is it's pushed the daily and weekly rsi readings to extremely overbought and i think that's the only very short term concern question is what will be the impact of these overbought readings so i think on a on a broad scale see you've seen many strong rallies where overbought readings remain and all it takes is one down day for an 80 plus rsi reading to drop to 70 and then the market gallops again what ends up then developing is a negative divergence which means that the new high is that the market continues to make does not result in a higher reading in the rsi than you got the first time and then after that negative divergence sometimes the markets roll over now what we do have is if you look at the hourly chart of the nifty then you do see a negative divergence over the last several days you know so it's been attempting to go higher 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 and those divergences have been developing and so far we've not really seen a tick down so i think uh, the uh, the risk that i see if at all any is very very short term i don't think the big picture will change but on a one to two day basis over the next two days i think there is a case for a small pullback that will relieve the uh, negative divergence which we are seeing on the hourly chart and once we do that it will possibly relieve even the daily high rsi reading what it won't do is uh, it won't really bring down the 77 reading we have on the weekly rsi that may then still continue to stretch if the market in general continues to advance higher so that's i think the overall picture that i'm seeing Uh, only a short term knee jerk reaction before we possibly continue higher towards the 17600 or higher marks and one of the sectors that might support it which has been uh, the underperforming one and everybody wants to always know what's going to happen there is going to be bank nifty now banking will be an interesting comeback because it has been very slow uh, earlier it used to have a high momentum which is when nifty would move up 1% you'd probably see a 2 3% move in bank nifty which has been missing but it has finally broken out of the congestion as well and so it has opened up the potential to move ahead with the market in general but it may not have the same pace as you saw say between september and you know march of last year and so i do expect it to be a little slower than that but it should move up with the market that's what that's what you would believe so in other sense it will end up supporting the indices but i do think uh, that you know some major moves are happening in the reflation sectors particularly the metals and within that what we have seen of late is aluminium prices are actually making 52 week highs so we actually getting very close to the all time high on aluminium copper already did that and has been through a long consolidation and after which 
it's not really broken out though it's attempting to make an advance but other base metals have been consolidating and aluminium has taken the lead the all time high was around 2797 on the uh, cft futures market and we are sort of uh, you know around 20 points away from that so another 2% uh, 1 to 2% move i think will have surpassed the all time high for aluminium and that's probably the reason why today you have seen a pretty big move which has been a continuation of the move in uh, stocks like national aluminium so it was almost up 7% at one point of take closed uh, you know maybe 5 5.5% up at the end of the day so that kind of uh, you know that's where the momentum is coming from so if you're not really tracking what the underlying metals are doing you'd probably not have an idea why particularly attention is going to one place on the other hand because of the curbs that took place in steel from china uh, while we've seen strength in the steel stocks steel stocks were mostly leading last year but right now while they are uh, sort of you know building a base disco has rallied a bit uh, they are actually moving up more slowly than uh, you know the others for the time being so actually seeing more strength in the hindalco and nalco rather than you know maybe the discos and sale and others are actually lagging behind but in general if i think about uh, you know the metal space the rollover of the dollar so i think that's what i was talking about earlier it was the only risk i had highlighted in the long short report in terms of the macro view that it had spiked past 93 and that was that remained uh, you know only for a short period of time we were seen it roll over eventually from uh, you know the 93.8 mark which is the top end of the rising channel for the entire 9 month period and now what we are seeing is both the daily and weekly momentum indicator for the dollar index has rolled over to the sell side so i broadly believe unless, apart from any possible surprise that uh, the dollar is rolling over into its ongoing long term bear market you know so you've had this counter trend bounces sell off into march april then again another bounce from me but i think all that whipsawing should be mostly over and you should be getting much more a trending move uh, in the dollar and that sort of uh, you know puts the whole metal or commodity trade back in place as if you know that trade really went away because the underlying stocks have really not paid any attention to the dollar which is one of the reasons why i remained bullish throughout this period that even though people were saying dollar bull dollar bull Uh, all the factors that should have been affected by it whether it's commodity prices metal stocks oil or you know any any anything that you would expect or the currency pack none of them really responded in a way that you would if the dollar was actually getting stronger and so that gave me a sense that this was this was not really going to you know turn out to be something big apart from that the elliot wave count itself was counter trend in nature for every rally that we've seen since january of this year so i think that part is uh, sort of behind us now the thing to really watch out for is that once you know commodity prices start rising again will the inflation theme come back to haunt us because by the time we were into may uh, you know the worries around inflation started to uh, you know be heard again and you know will that lead to higher interest rates will the fed taper and so that whole that whole thematic has been another reason why people have been a little fearful in the markets and the fed has of course mentioned that Uh, it may attempt to start tapering by the end of this year and you know they've also and, and they've really not said they will they said they will consider it so a consideration is not a certainty on the other hand uh, you know how much will they taper for example if they are buying 100 or 200 billion dollars of you know treasuries every month i think it's 120 or something if i'm not wrong if the right number they may say okay we'll go from 120 to 115 i mean what kind of taper is that and they may continue to do that over the next 12 months where well, that's very similar to what we've seen in oil see every market the authorities while they recognize the issues what they also don't want is they do not want to create a shock so they're going very very slow opec has said fine we will 
you know, uh, do away with production cuts, but it's not going to be tomorrow morning. It's going to be over the next 12 months uh, with, uh, you know, us discussing it in every meeting, whether we should continue to do so. And so you got a short term correction in oil and it's taken support at the weekly band and started to move higher again. So that's that's what we are seeing in the oil market. And similarly, I think uh, as far as the Fed actions are concerned, they've said, fine, we'll do something, but it may be one slow process. We will consider it. We'll go back and forth meeting to meeting. And, you know, they're not really going, going to go completely off the hook uh, till you get growth reviving. The real issue right now, I think over the next three months is going to be, uh, you know, whether growth picks up and uh, or are you going to get stagflation? I think that's the debate. Some people have taken one side of the camp or the other. I think uh, that, you know, I don't think there's certainty on either way. I think growth is a possibility. There's also a second stimulus, uh, further spending plans that the US is sitting on and planning to do. Uh, you know, I was seeing one data point on Twitter, which was showing CMI data, saying that, you know, India is not really spending as much and they were really pointing to the current month, which is, you know, July data that may have come in. June, it was, you know, moving higher, but in July, it actually went flat. And so that uh, from the and flat uh, relative to the long term trajectory of, you know, rising spending from the government side. So why did that happen? And it could be an aberration. It could be that, you know, for some reason it didn't happen and next month it catches up. Uh, the government does have room to, you know, uh, do more than it wants to. Uh, if it does feel that uh, the economy is not really getting traction after the reopening. But the reopening trade right now is is the first thing that happens. Everybody is going back out, shopping, uh, going to hotels. Uh, you know, everything is getting packed. Uh, airlines are packed. I'm hearing about long queues and so on also uh, in the online reads. And so uh, that trade is uh, already in place. The question is after that. Uh, kick up happens uh, once GDP, uh, the degrowth that we saw in the last quarter normalizes, then what? And that's where government actions have to kick in based on what they've already announced in the budget or whether they feel the need to do more. US is definitely moving beyond that. They're still saying they need to do more. And so that's where the additional trigger. So if the markets are truly forward looking, they would not look at the growth taper that happens in the current quarter. They would probably look ahead. Uh, but what people also watch for is, uh, you know, recent data in the USA around un unemployment and so on actually started to slow down and people have started to predict that the that the US is actually not going to taper by the year end and may actually push it into January simply because growth data will flatten out, you know, but then uh, will they pay attention to inflation or not? So they may do something, they may not do a lot, they may do something just to, you know, say we did something. And uh, so around that, which is why, you know, the dollar is not worried. Otherwise, what you would have seen right after after the Fed saying we will taper, you would have actually seen maybe many markets fall or you would have seen the dollar run up. On the contrary, you've seen the opposite. You've seen stocks continue to rise. You've seen the dollar roll over and commodity prices again get some traction. And that all signals, you know, the market's understanding that uh, they are not going to be putting their foot on the brake. Uh, they just they're just simply going to release the accelerator a little bit and i think that's about all that's that's going to happen so then we are only going to be judging what's the rate of growth going to be from here on forward and try to make different pre uh, predictions but as long as the overall direction is going to be higher then i think that's what we really need to keep thinking about and you know all the arguments around uh, you know growth to valuations i think we would have we would have already heard heard so many of them uh, it's sector specific and you need to really choose the right places there are there's room where if you really want to look for valuations to be low and there's also room for places where you think they are high and then where there's growth then they end up remaining high so there's nothing new on that front the real issue really comes in when sentiment goes from one extreme to the other when everybody gets long when there's too much leverage in the system and depending on how you really measure that 
you would come up with very very different answers the way i do it is i look at relative data so if i look at total uh, you know futures open interest if it hits an all time high i would actually divide it by an index or some kind of underlying you know component that can actually help us normalize that data then it's much easier to make historical comparisons of how that data is working but if you simply put raw data and say oh total margin debt is at an all time high i'll give you an example uh, for a lot of posts that i've seen around call open interest i got interested and said fine call open interest in us trading at all time high or you know volumes in options going at to an all time high so i just took out the nifty or not not in nifty the market wide call open interest for the nse okay because if, uh, and it started all the way in 2001 and so i simply calculated it all the way since 2001 since options got launched in india and plotted the entire open interest from then to date simply to see if there's a trend there's only one trend it always goes up so which means that if you simply looked at all time high in call or say, let's say in options open interest or call open interest in the market in india you would have been seeing all time high readings forever which means india has been perpetually in a bubble for the last 25 years so fine you should never invest in india is that the if that's the answer then it's probably no answer so that's not the way to really look at data especially when uh, the economy's uh, you know function is to expand based on the underlying monetary base and m3 and you know all those uh, factors around monetary policy that is why we study the quantitative cycle which is nothing but a, a study of the credit cycle based on the expansion of money money can expand either through credit or through printing and when you study that you need to look at these data points very very differently and where you are in the overall structure you can either be in a deflationary environment or an inflationary environment and recognizing which one you are really in makes all the difference so when you were in a deflationary environment then you know taking that uh, you know bet against maybe the commodity space for example between 2011 and 2020 was more logical but that's not the environment we are in today you know you are in a very very different environment which is more inflationary or as i call it reflationary and that is why you know a lot of these data points will always expand i mean if you expand the amount of money in the system the amount of money circulating is going to increase liquidity goes up prices go up volumes go up open interest goes up and so uh, you simply can't look at the going up as an issue because it's going to go up you have to look at whether it's gone gone up relative to what and that is the final answer that you need to find out so that's all in this update uh, for you i think uh, uh, things look good apart from that short term knee jerk reaction that you need to be prepared for which is true at, at any point of time but given the high rsi readings maybe sooner than later will be a good thing to get that oversold condition out and then you would have a more normalized extension of the move higher before we can start crying wolf again thank you Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.